Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. It has been quite a while since we were live on Instagram for a chat around. Our regular little Friday chats at 12.30. Sometimes we're on this page, the Running With Jake page. Sometimes we are on my friend's page, fellow running coach, Running Joe 10K, for a chat around. And we talk about different topics each week, of course, all running related. I can see Joe is about to join me now. It does seem, it feels a little bit weird, I'll be honest. It does feel quite a while since we we're all together on a Friday at 12.30. Let me see if I can let Joe in now. Since we last did a live, there's been lots happening. We've moved house to Winchester. I've been away for five weeks out of the country and Joe's had a haircut. So it's all changed. Right, let's see if we can let Joe in now. This is going to be good. I'm waiting patiently, Joe. Joanne, Joanne, Joanne. <laughs> Are you going to join me? There she is, beautiful as ever with the hair. Well, you know, I had to make a special effort for the first one back. I mean, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but you are doing this from a giant toilet, is what it sounds like. <laughs> if anybody listened to this week's someone episode... Someone had to keep the standard up, didn't they? Well, if anybody listened to this week's episode of the podcast, I do apologise. This is exactly the same situation today. It's very echoey. I was forced to record the podcast this week under a duvet. I thought, I cannot do that on a live video. So you're going to have to deal with the echo, the echo, the echo. But look, you are keeping things professional, Joe. We are going to chat. We're going to kick things off with a really hot topic. Something that's actually, it's relevant to both of us, isn't it? Me training for Manchester Marathon, you training for London, and that is final long runs. Now, I know from the chats we've had over the summer that obviously the people were coaching towards the back end of summer now, getting into autumn, these key races, not just marathons, but there's other races going off as well. And it's crunch time with those final long runs. So I'm going to let you kick things off, Joe. Where do we start with preparation for these last long runs, these key runs now? What's your thoughts? Oh, wow. So I always like to go back from what you said, don't I? I, I the biggest thing I've put here and I've underlined is don't overthink the final long run. Because I think, you know, I mean, let's make a sweeping generalisation here. Um, but we're all slightly obsessive, aren't we? <laughs> and it's almost like we hang our entire marathon sometimes on how my last long run goes. So that's my, like I say, that's my kind of thing that I have underlined in capitals. Don't overthink the last one. Um, having said that, we're now going to talk about it for half an hour. So, uh, you know, that's life. I think Again, I think there's also this tendency about how long, you know, that if, you, if you're on social media, which I'm assuming um, most of the people watching this must be, otherwise, why would you be here? Um, there's so much chatter about how far are you going, over 20, under 20, I've only done 18, I'm doing 25, blah, blah, blah. So again, I think you can get really caught up in what everybody else is doing. And we would always say, wouldn't we, look back at what you've done to get to this point and then do what is the right distance for you. You know, make it, it's your final long run that should be reflective of all of the training that you've done up to this point. Um, 
So, you know, I say for some people, I've got some people going out doing 18 and I've got some people going out doing quite a way over 20, but they are very different runners with very different training programs. And, you know, we're all still going to be at the marathon in the best shape for us. But I was going to say, so come on, give me your number. <laughs> my, my number? Your final long what, run. My final long run? Well, it's probably probably going to be somewhere close to 22 miles in terms of in terms of distance but you're absolutely right in what you say obviously it's so funny that we don't chat before these lives yet i've got my notes and, and so many of them are like oh she's bloody given that tip and that thought right, i'll cross that off but you're right you've got to look at what you've done in training not just arbitrarily picking and choosing this really tough session or distance or duration for your final long run because if there's too much of a void between where you are currently in terms of what you've done previously for your long runs and what your aspirations are for your final long run, you could risk injury. And we just, we don't want that. And like you say, we can all be a bit obsessive, Joe, as you mentioned, with regards to times and things like that. But actually the priority always has to be, I say this a lot, to be on the starting line in the first place. The mm. times have to be secondary because how, you can't complete the race unless you're on the starting line, fresh, ready to go in the first place. Yeah. So there is a lot more to lose now, as I'm sure you'll agree with Joe, than there is to gain. It doesn't mean that there isn't a sense of importance with these long runs. I'm really looking meticulously at not only my runner's long runs for the, for the final few stages, but also my, my own run as well. And Martina, my girlfriend, as, as you asked, asked us about there. And we will, we're not afraid to make those last minute changes as well. And I think that's important. You know, we often say when we do these lies, we tackle various subjects, stay flexible with your training to a degree. We do that as coaches with our runners. We don't just say there's your 16 week, 20 week, 10 week plan off you go. We adapt and tweak. Still keep that philosophy and those principles going into these, these final stages now. And I think it's more important than ever, because as I say, there's a lot more to lose than there is to gain. Yeah, definitely. That's my other thing underlined in capitals. Less is more. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> Got there first. Um, we're coming to the stage, as, as you said, absolutely. And my goodness, how many times have I said this to runners over the last two weeks? You're in great shape. You know, let's not blow this great shape. Because as you say, if you don't make it to the start line, it, it doesn't matter what shape you're in now. It doesn't matter how well this long run goes. If you don't get there, it means nothing. Um, so I threw you and asked you for numbers, but actually I'm a, being a little bit cheeky because I actually often quite like to do my last run on time um, and the time on feet. And again, it is subject to how the whole build-up has gone. So not everyone will be doing it. And, and um, you know, it's not appropriate for everybody, but ideally I often like to do the time on feet for which I or they will be running the marathon. So if your target's 3.15, that would be 3.15, three hours 15 running for your final long run, rather than 22 miles or 23 miles. So sometimes I find that's a really nice psychological way of getting through that last long run. And, and if we've done everything on miles up until then, it's actually just something a little bit different. And sometimes I think it can take a bit of pressure off. So that's kind of one of my approaches. I don't know if you've ever tried a time on feet. I, I, most of the training I do will be based on duration. A lot of the runners I coach, I'll give, I'll give a mix of. If people are really time poor and they've got, you know, a, a kind of limited amount of time that they can fit their sessions in in general in the week, then I'll give them, often give them duration-based sessions because it's easier for them to diarise because they know 
the minute they leave the door and when they get back, as long as you don't get lost and whatnot. So that's a really healthy way to train. And I think you also are able to control the exact amount of stress you're putting the body under when you work for duration. So I think that's key. I think it's nice to mix it up. Depends on the individual, depends on their goals. I know that that's just not an arbitrary figure I've given in terms of distance 22 miles. I know that that's realistic based on the time it's taking me to do other runs. And, and there's a bit of juicy stuff in there, which I think we'll come on to, like the structure of the long run. What, what does that mean? Are we just ticking off the miles? Are we going to put some race pace in there, some thresholds, some tempo? What are we going to do? Uh, but I do think it goes back to what we've said, and it's important to hammer that home. Look at what you have done not what you thought you were going to do and hoped you were going to do by this stage. Because life gets in the way, as we often say, things happen. Life throws you curveballs. So therefore, training might not go as planned. You've got to adapt and be smart. And I think as well, Joe, you know, I can't help but get into the mental side of training. I think it's really important to find that sweet spot between what your mind wants in this last, these last long runs. So what your mind wants, but what the actual body needs. Remember, we're still in training. So if you do a run and you think, well, the pace wasn't as good as I wanted to do, you're still getting those physiological benefits from, from training. You know? So that's also really important to have in your mind when you do get out there for that final long run. You're still training for your main race. You're still training. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think sometimes, going back to the very first thing I said about overthinking it, I think particularly what ideally we all want is to come out of the final long run with confidence don't we? And I think that, you know, confidence sometimes is this sort of really hard to define thing and state that we all aspire to attain. Um, but actually, it's about looking, well, what, what were my aims for this long run, and making them really realistic. But like we say, realistic in terms of relation to what you've done, what you want to go on and do. So I often actually say, you know, for this one, it's about how you run this long run, it's about <clears> getting to the end, being in good shape at the end of it so really try and focus it back on rather than a certain pace or potentially a certain distance as I say it's like right we want to get there so that we finish feeling okay tired because I don't think you can do any longer without feeling tired at the end just for the sheer time that you spent on feet but but some goals that are perhaps less numbers orientated um, kind of help you with that sort of confidence but not over analysis which then I think becomes paralysis in the last couple of weeks yeah and I, th I think it's worth bearing in mind that i'm sure we will cover tapering at some point in due course because it's obviously very relevant at the moment so we don't want to go we don't want to go into that too much but i think it's really easy to think oh after the long run that's kind of it you know tapering isn't just a waste of time it's not laziness you're not just kind of kicking back chilling out and doing nothing so it's not like oh my god everything has got to be perfect in this last long run because it doesn't have to be you know we always say training is an accumulative effect it's not even just down to the long run in a given week you know it's down to the other things in your week and that's something else i wanted to mention joe you know we are talking long runs here but don't put too much emphasis on it and neglect the sessions in the week. I know you're a big fan of the medium long run. You're going to get serious benefits from that. Have you got the opportunity to be able to get in a medium long run in the week? You know, some of your last minute tempo work or race pace stuff or whatever's in your program, however you're training, don't lose sight of that just for the long run because it is that overall accumulative effect. And I think that is key. But one thing I want to mention about preparation as well giving it a sense of importance and so not too much that you ignore other stuff, as I mentioned, but giving it a sense of importance and start with preparation. So now is an ideal opportunity to start getting a bit savvy with how you intend on executing the whole weekend 
when it comes to your marathon or half marathon or, or whatever. So you could even replicate what you're intending on doing on the Saturday before the race, if it's on a Sunday, before your final long run. You know, that could be food. That could be what time you go to bed. I, I messaged you the other day, didn't I, Joe, asking about have you got a start time for London yet and all this stuff? Because obviously we're, we're looking at lots of different races. We've all got, if you guys are doing Manchester, for those of you that are, we've got our start times in the waves and we know things are a bit different at the moment. We're starting later than perhaps we normally would do. Now you could dial into that and practice that so it doesn't get in your head on a day by actually going out there, if your diary allows, at the time that, you, that you're going to start. So really, you know, don't just think about the footsteps and the strides and the miles and the pace. Think about the overall preparation because that's really going to help you on the day and it's going to give you confidence, which is what you touched on, Joe. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I say to people, by now, hopefully around now, and if not, do it now, um, you want to be working into having breakfast or having something before you run that you're going to have on race day. So let alone that whole thing around, you know, race fueling on your long run, I want you to be having breakfast. So I know a lot of runners, you know, you want to get up early on a Sunday, not everybody has breakfast before they run. Um but I say, if you're going to have breakfast on race day, and for most of my runners, they are going to have breakfast on race day, <laughs> um, you know, we need to practice that in that long run. We need to get up and be having breakfast because we want to be replicating, as you say, everything. So, you know, it might have been I let I let the kind of breakfast thing go earlier in the, the cycle. But now it's about, right, absolutely, it's a, a given and that we do before the long run what we're going to do before the marathon. Um, and if that means getting up an hour earlier to have breakfast or going for your run an hour later so you can have breakfast, we need to do that now because we don't want that to be the first time we do it when it actually comes around to the race yourself. And as you say, we're starting to get times. We don't have them yet for London. Those of us that are doing London, or I certainly don't have mine. Please don't everybody else tell me they've got theirs. I'll be in a panic that I've fallen off the list. But I know the Manchester ones are coming out, aren't they? Which is um, it's really useful because you can really get the timetable in your head, can't you, around, right, this is when I'm starting. And also, I was saying, go back to the kind of time on feet. I was talking to one of the runners I coached um, yesterday about her long run this weekend and saying, right, setting your mind, start at nine, and therefore I'll be finishing about 12. And it's just a very subtle mind game of a different way of approaching it. So instead of thinking it's going to take me three hours or it's going to be 18 miles, just think I'm going to start running at nine and I'm going to running at 12. Um, and then you can plan your timings and your pre-race or pre-run stuff around that as well. So again, it's just another way to approach it if you want to try a different kind of mental and mental way to get through this long run. But we I, I think those stra Sorry, Sorry Joe. I, I was gonna say that the mental strategies are really important. I'm sure we'll touch on that in in, in the next few weeks as well. And, and people will have different strategies and techniques that work for them. And you may tap into your mental strategy toolbox at different stages within that race because some things will work for you at one mile and uh, something else will work at another mile. So it is very, very, very important. You wanna stay as relaxed as you can in your mind. So doing all the preparations for your final long run, treating it with a sense of importance like we're talking about, I think that's gonna help your mind and we, we go back to that confidence. I think off the back of that, I think it's really helpful to protect the long run as well. Now, what I mean by that is kind of isolate a little bit. Now, it doesn't mean you can't run the day before or the day after, especially if you're somebody that runs a lot, you're a very experienced runner, you probably run five, six times a week. Naturally, if you're running six times a week, you, you kind of, you've only got one day to play with each week, as in day off. But I think it is important to give yourself the best opportunity to feel good in that long run. Now, I know there's some talk 
and some training philosophies around running on tired legs and all that sort of stuff. I'm not a massive sort of fan of that. I think there's some benefit and some merit, but in reality, we're all on tired legs because we're in training if we're training properly. So I think it's better to protect the long run Give yourself, if you can, a day off perhaps before and afterwards, depending on how things have gone in training, what you normally do. Don't do anything radical now. Oh, I've had a sticky Monday, Tuesday at work, so what I'm going to have to do is shove these sessions closer to the back end of the week. You don't normally do that. Well, actually, you've got a really important long run that we know is important to you. You want the best fighting chance to have a good experience. So just isolate, protect, and really plan meticulously. I, d I definitely think that will certainly help you for sure. I think we're still picking up on that around shuffling it around because that's the other big debate. When do you do, when do we do this final, so important, life shattering, earth shattering, whatever it is, long run? <laughs> you know, and what if I can't do it? You know, obviously the general consensus is, I think we both concur, is roughly around three weeks. But what if I can't do it on Sunday and I can't do mine on Sunday? What am I going to do, Jay? Because it's three weeks before and I waited for my long run three weeks before and now I don't know what to do. You can be flexible. Can't self -combust? You? You're going to self-combust? You're going to self-combust? No, you can't. You're going to self-combust. be ruined because I can't do my final long run this Sunday. On, on the day of the London Marathon, Joe, if you don't do a long run three weeks before, everybody will set off and then there'll just be a little pile of dust, of Joe Wilkinson dust <laughs> on the starting line. That's, that, that, seriously, it's not my rules, it's science. So you can't mess with science. It no, it, you, you can be adaptable, absolutely. I think... The, the further out it is, kind of around three weeks, the safer it is to a degree. But look, I've got a runner who's doing London and because of the nature of her diary and various other things, her final long run is a few days after that three weeks, if that's making sense. So kind of within that two and a half week time frame. We're not pushing it unsafely. We're not going too far. She's also got a very, um, she's very resilient as well in terms of kind of uh, resilience to injury. And that's an important consideration when you are pushing things, testing things, trying things trying to sort of, you know, or can I, can I do this session and then followed by this session? You've got to think about what's your tolerance to injury generally. If you're a bit flaky, if you're a bit, you know, Mr. Glass, then you need to be very careful. You do need to be very careful. But yeah, three weeks is kind of typical, but just before you pick up on that, Joe, also remember that, yes, we've mentioned tapering and we'll come on to that at some point, but also remember that you don't just stop then. You're still going to do a longish run the week after, generally speaking. It's just that, 15 miles if you're training for a marathon suddenly becomes oh i've only got 15 miles to do this weekend because you're so used to doing 18 20 22 or whatever but it's still long and there's still merit in that so just have that in your mind a bit what's your feelings on that joe with the so, three-week thing generally kind of three weeks is where i aim for but it doesn't happen for all kinds of reasons um so i actually look at a window somewhere between three and a half to two and a half weeks before and I think it's worth just saying to people that why? Why do we say three weeks? Was that something that somebody just came up with and, and everybody follows it? It's actually around timescales for adaptation. So the training, the aerobic training that you do roughly three or four weeks before then takes time to, you know, um, kind of you, your body takes time to adapt to it. Like you say, that's, that's as long as you keep doing stuff, but that main stimulus, it's been shown that the best point for that main stimulus is roughly around that three week point. But like I say, it doesn't have to be set in stone. So I say three and a half weeks, if we've really got stuff in the between and we might build up with something, some back to backs or, or something like that to compensate for the fact that we've done it slightly earlier. Or like to me, I'm going for about two and a half weeks. And I wouldn't push a really long run much closer than that because of that whole i'm not going to get the fitness benefits really in full by the time the marathon is this 
Sorry, is this you, Joe? Is this well, for your your training? That's when my that's when I'm going to do mine. But that's all generally the advice I give to runners. Like I say, we aim for somewhere in that window of three and a half to two and a half weeks before, subject to what's going on in their life. And and you know, it might be things. I've got quite a few runners doing a really big half marathon this weekend. So that's sort of equally important for for different reasons. And for some of them, we have done the, the sort of final longest longest run. And for others, we're doing it on Wednesday. It, you know, it's again, that kind of individual, what fits the runner, what fits the time they've got available, what fits their kind of previous um, training cycles that they might have done. So it is not a hard and fast rule. Um, I think you can be flexible about it. But again, not wanting to kind of fall into that whole thing around taper and the whole purpose behind taper, you push it too close to the marathon, you're probably not going to get the training benefit and you're probably going to be tired from it. And as you say, it's, it's that kind of injury risk as well. So that's kind of why we say about three weeks, but it doesn't have to be. I, I'm, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm pretty confident that, you know, I'm actually I'm flexible. Am I either going to do it Tuesday or Wednesday? I haven't actually fully decided yet. I'm just going to see how the start of the week goes, but it's cool. That's all right. It's okay. We can be cool. Flexible we approach. <laughs> We're cool. We're cool. We're always cool about the long runs. I, I think absolutely very important. You know, I've got quite a few runners that like to do their long runs on a Saturday. I actually really enjoy the Saturday long run, but that doesn't mean that, oh my God, if I do it, that's three weeks and one day before the race. That means I'm going to be in race shape on the Saturday before the race. I'm going to self-combust. You're not. It's absolutely fine. So I think that's a great um, point now, just to be a little bit flexible about that run. I'm a bit concerned, Joe, because I'm so excited now. I feel like, Jim, I messaged you earlier, didn't I? I say, I can't believe we're back with the lives. This is great. I feel a bit nervous. I feel a bit nervous. I've settled in now. I could talk forever. This is dangerous. So, guys, if you've just joined us, this is a chat around final long runs, not just marathons, but it is kind of leaning a lot and heavily towards marathons. Joe, let's, shall we get into some practical stuff? Because I've got quite a few points with things regarding structure of runs and, and really giving people ideas. It doesn't mean take all these things and run with them, but you might get something from this and, to put into your own training. So moving on, I think now your final long run, what you could do quite helpful is to replicate some of the characteristics potentially of the course that you're planning on racing. Is there a lumpy hill at mile 12 of a half marathon or, you know, mile 14 of a marathon, whatever it might be, maybe trying to bring some of that into your uh, last long run. So a bit of course planning. It goes back to what we said earlier, protect the long run, also plan accordingly. So I think that could be really helpful. Something I believe really strongly in. Don't be afraid to sacrifice enjoyment for what is necessary. And the reason I say that is if we all have different aspirations, right? So if we have a target, how important is that target to you? When you first started this journey, it might've been super important to you. It might be more or less so now. You need to answer that question yourself. Based off that, let's say it is the most important thing. You wanna target a PB. This is oh, all I've been thinking about. Well, actually don't go out there and just do a, like a, an easy off-road run or a beautiful course or run with people that are gonna really affect your run kind of negatively in a pace sense when actually your race really matters to you. So for example, we're in Winchester now, I really wanna get out and do the South Downs and I just, I can't wait to just explore that. Now's not the time to be doing that really because I'm training for Manchester. So I'm gonna park that, I'm gonna look forward to that beyond my target race. Now I'm gonna do what's necessary. And if that means sometimes the route's a bit boring, a bit dull, but it ticks the box, I'm gonna do that. So I think that's very important. I've got a big list of stuff here, Joe. Have you got anything that's kind of practical, kind of structure of the run, some thoughts and suggestions for people, some takeaways? 
I think, I mean, my main one is, is, you know, actually now is not really the time to be changing things. So as you say, if you've been doing most of your runs in a certain way, you probably by now need to keep doing that. So if you, you know, if you like to do a nice bit of mixed pace within marathon pace within your run, then that's great. If you haven't done that up to this point, do not panic. You don't need to do it. There are benefits. There are other ways you can do it, you know, so don't suddenly get caught up in straying from the plan um, and adding things in that you haven't done before. The only thing I would say, maybe think about if you haven't done before, and it's quite late to think about it, but it's if you haven't done your practice, your race day nutrition, you might want to really think about that now. Um, or you might need to decide that you're going to park that and take, you know, and build your marathon plan around parking it. But that's the only thing I would really say you, you need to seriously consider. But everything else, just keep it as it's been. You know, don't make dramatic changes. But like you say, absolutely. I think there is a time, it, you know, we're coming to crunch time. Those of you that are doing London, like myself, you know, we're almost there. Those of you doing Manchester, you've got another week. So, yeah, if it's a boring lapse round, because that's how you can get the good access to nutrition. Just suck it up for these two weeks. We're not asking you to suck it up for 20 weeks. We're just asking you to suck it up now to get the best from your training. So I do agree with that. You know, it's time to just go with it because you'll be grateful that you did on the race day. Absolutely. Got to hang in there. I had a message uh, only this morning from a runner of mine on, on when we we're communicating via training picks and whatnot, her training, saying, I'm not going to lie. It's getting tough now. Like this has been a long time in the making. And bearing in mind... People are also, people can often have that feeling anyway with marathon, particularly marathons, because it's such a long training journey. But also we've had a lot of people that the marathons have been shoehorned into the following year, or maybe they had an issue the year before that, before the whole pandemic, and they couldn't do the marathon. And then they were all good to go last year. And then they can't, it's like, my God, I've been training for this for like ever. Hang in there, which is what we're saying. It is very, very important. On nutrition, little tip for you. And this comes from one of my runners actually, which I think is a great idea. If you want to, and I think it's advisable, as you're saying, Joe, to really nail down your nutrition, let's say you're taking some gels on board or whatever you're using for your intra-fuel uh, during the long run, during the race, you could just hit the lap button on your watch to remember exactly where you took it. You don't have to remember then. It's really easy. Just press the lap button. And as soon as you get back, check the data, you'll see exactly where you took the gel or whatever it is you're taking. You can just make a note of that. Did it work? Did it not? Did I feel like I was running out of energy? And then you make the necessary tweaks for the race. So I think that's important. I'm just going to throw a few more things because I'm, I'm conscious of time as well, Joe. Uh, so practice fueling on the go. So if you're intending on the day, you might not be, by the way, but if you're intending on the day, of taking on board your fuel and still moving, momentum, okay? You've got to practice that because it is not so easy. So if you've not been practicing thus far, now is a good opportunity to put that into practice. So practice fueling on the go. Uh, I think uh, we mentioned the fueling strategy. Now I'm a big fan of not carrying stuff. I try and talk my runners out of carrying water because it's just extra weight and extra faff I'm talking in the, in the, on the actual race day. So I think it's helpful to try and practice that in your long run, in these final long runs. Again, it might mean running laps, as you said, Joe, it might be a bit boring, but if you can keep passing water and you've not got to carry stuff, it's going to be a lot easier for you. The guys from Aldridge Running Club, Marcus uh, dropped me a message this morning. He, they've organized, which is great, for everybody doing these marathons and whatnot, they've organized like laps. I, I think it's like one mile laps or might be slightly longer than that. And it sounds like, oh my gosh, you know, lap after lap after lap, but they're all together. They're all doing their own thing. They're all supporting each other. They don't have to carry anything. And I think that could be super, super helpful. I'm going to come up for air. Yeah, there is this whole thing around the London Marathon Bottle Belt, which I did do a review on my page. Of, <laughs> but, 
because um, obviously London, encourage you to take stuff with you. So just to kind are of are you wearing it now? Are you wearing it now? Oh yeah, absolutely. I wear it all the time. I'm wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> just carry things around in it, you know. Small children, puppies. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, just to, to say, if you are going to carry stuff, though, for the marathon, you definitely need to be practicing carrying it now. You know, no easy, because there's, yeah. <laughs> so whatever you're going to do, whether it's carry it or not carry it, now do it in your training run. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, some people are just hell-bent on carrying the hydration pack with them for confidence, and, and, and that's fine. That is entirely up to you. I, I think if you're chasing a time, it's, it's highly helpful to try and come away from that. But practice what you're going to do on the day, which is which is exactly what you're saying, Joe. I think just quickly. So running with others. This is probably a whole topic in itself. I can give you lots of tips, tricks, thoughts and advice on this. We know that running super social and we want to get together. You could do something like Aldridge Running Club where you, you know, you properly organize this mass kind of gathering and you're going doing your loops doing your own thing. If you're running in a small group or just say, let's say it's you and your friend. And naturally, you one of you is starting to make slightly more progress than the other because, you know, it, that's life, isn't it? That happens. People make progress at different rates. I think it's really helpful because you can have this like, oh, I don't want to leave them behind. And I feel like we've been training together all this time and I want to do my own thing. But, oh, I feel like I should run with them and I want to run with them. And, oh, it's chaos. I think it's really healthy to just have an agreement between the two of you, between the two parties. So, for example, and I said this to one of my runners the other day, what you could do is uh, set off on your run. But just before you do that, just say, look, we're going to set off together and we'll just see how we feel. You might organize an out and back route. You might do the crossroad countdown, which you can find on my Instagram page, which is a good technique for this kind of thing. Whatever works for you, have the agreement, because then if you're feeling good and your friend is feeling not so good, you don't feel bad about kind of just pulling away a little bit. Also, if they're feeling good and you're not feeling good, you don't feel like you need to hang on for dear life, which is actually probably pushing you more than is helpful. So just have an agreement before. Again, it's all down to that preparation before the long run give it a sense of importance it's 12:59. should we stop should we carry on what i think we should probably wrap it up you know because these people we need to see us again next to do wow i've missed those two oh, but i'll ramble on <laughs> do crap on and with the yeah. echo the echo the echo the echo guys thank you so much for joining us this has been this has been a chat around final long runs with myself my friend who has very beautiful newly cut hair running joe 10k go and give her a little follow next week we will be on your page joe at running joe 10k so go and check that out we don't know all the subject is yet but it's going to be a great topic and it's probably going to be connected to running because we like a bit of running guys have an awesome weekend come on have we fired you up are you fired up joe I am. I can't wait to do my long run, uh, except I'm doing it next week. But you know, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll think of you. We'll think of you. Take it easy, guys. Have a great Friday. That was Running With Jake, the quick hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday. Or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, the podcast.